1: Here we are welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining me today on another episode of Confessions of the Barefoot Beauty Guru. It's great to have you with me, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Lisa Foley. She is an expert and creator of intuitive aromatherapy. She's going to tell us a little bit about who she is and her background. Hi, Lisa.
0: Oh, hi, Elle. Thanks for that lovely, chirpy intro. Oh, you're delightful. You are, and so welcome. <laughs> in fact. And I'm really excited. Well, it made me feel, I, I feel welcome. Thank you.
1: Oh, you, you are, and I've been very excited about this, uh, this, this episode because I know we're going, to be, we're going to be giving and offering so much value with uh, our listeners and our audience. So I want us first to just start with this whole idea of um, being the creator of intuitive aromatherapy. Can you give us a little bit, um, a little bit of an insight into your background?
0: Yes. Yeah, so many years ago, a really long time ago, I was working in aromatherapy. We were trained by uh, Marcel Lavarbe, who's a French aromatherapist, and he wrote a very famous workbook. And so we sold his products and we also learnt his method. And he's a trained clinical aromatherapist. So while I wasn't becoming a trained clinical aromatherapist, I was learning from the best really so not only did I learn a lot about aromatherapy itself but I also learned about blending and how to combine and really create I suppose alchemy with essential oils
1: and I I love that and I I know that we spoke about this earlier um, before we actually started to record and for me what came up when you shared that lovely uh, little background uh, story was—I I really could see you as an apprentice, you know—and it was very magical. It was almost kind of like a Harry Potter kind of in, in the Harry Potter sort
0: <laughs> <story>. of. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No, I was sitting in Snape's potion class. But <laughs> so it really has that
1: feel to me because, and this is why I have you on, because for me, you know, anyone that, uh, many people can learn from a book, they can learn from, uh, you know, teachers, in classes, or, but if you are not an, embody, you don't embody what you are learning and it doesn't come and sort of, you know, it's not kind of landing in you fully, Um, you could never be an intuitive aromatherapist, you know, do aromatherapy that's intuitive. You could never do that because you're not actually, it's almost like bringing all parts of you, aspects of you, into um, what it is that you're creating, what it is that you're using. And it just, it has so many more levels to it than just, Conceptually, learning something, and I, and the reason that I say that is because with True brow, and you know that I have True brow as a brand, and uh, and I educate um, in the True brow system, which I created, which again came yep. from that deep intuitive uh, space uh, in a creative space. You know, it's such a big difference between someone that does a brow that's just learning, you know, rules. And then someone that's really embodying a teaching and a learning and an understanding. And it sounds to me that that's that's where we get all Harry Potter-ish, which I love. And uh, <laughs> and, and and obviously this is why you're here, you know, because you're 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 just in my ecosystem. I love it. So I want to just um, ask you to explain um, what what is an essential oil in a second but how do you feel about that what I just mentioned I mean how does that sit in you when I say that does that does that resonate with you
0: yeah as in the magical aspects it, it really does because it did feel magical to me it was more like um, playing and imbibing It it wasn't dry Excuse me, obviously there was a lot of technical stuff and it would be unethical and reckless to be a purely intuitive creator of aromatherapy because when I explain a bit more about essential oils, you'll understand why. But you you need to have a really good working knowledge of and understanding of the techniques and the essential oils themselves. So you can't just intuitively create something because you would be, you know, it's a bit like if you were to go into the back of a pharmacy, into the back room where they keep all their medicine and intuitively decide what the sick patient out the front needs. You know, you can't do that. So, so it's the same when you're working with essential oils. You really do need to know something first and then be able to sort of tune in a little further as well as the scaffolding of the knowledge that you already know, if that makes sense
1: i love that because that really again that really resonates for me with my students because you know when they know the principles then they can go in and use their inner creativity and their own little their flavor really to create these masterpieces and restore brows beyond what you know other people would go that doesn't even that's not even a possibility how did you do that but they first have to know the principles they first have to know the knowledge, you know, to be able to do it. So I'm really getting what you're saying. That's that's just marvellous. I love that. I love that. And that really resonates with me. So please go on and and, and share with us what what is, like for our listeners, for our audience, what is an essential oil? Like what actually is it?
0: Yeah, so essential oils, they're volatile oils and extracts that come from plants and they come from different parts of plants like they might come from the fruit in the case of a lot of citrus essential oils they might come from the leaves or the bark they might come from um trying to think what other areas of the plant they use just whatever parts of the plant have an aroma about them and then they extract them in different ways depending on the plant and so these essential oils contain a whole lot of living components they've got hormones vitamins antibiotics antiseptics and even some things like neurotoxins with certain essential oils so they're quite potent and we really do need to respect them it's not just a scent it's not just a chemical scent that you would smell in a perfume it's a living part of a plant that the plant created as part of its defense system
1: so So that's
0: sort of a a nutshell yeah
1: love it and what i'm hearing you say is that really when, when i'm hearing you speak about them they're like they're they are alive and they have like a beingness to them like they have like something deeper in them that i, I just love it i mean that's my that's my magicalness coming through you know like i really i really love listening to you um explain what they are. i love that you say they need to be respected and and i also want to go a little further now into Um, you know what happens to something so beautiful so magical so uh, obviously it has so many healing properties and uh, properties that can create so much so helpful to humanity really what happens to um, the quality of a lot of these because we want to talk about quality that's one of my key things that I think you know, it's very easy for us as, uh, as human beings to be drawn in by marketing. Um, you know, the, the, yep. the most intelligent, a lot of them, I won't say that, let me, let me go back and erase that and start again. Uh, you know, some of the most intelligent people are actually um, uh, marketers and uh, not all of them Are doing what's best for humanity because you know they work for companies that um, you know they have shareholders so they owe uh, you know they have a responsibility to the shareholders they don't have a responsibility to the public so in that case sometimes something something so beautiful like an essential oil um, or essential oils can be marketed by these people and you're not actually just because the marketing is so fantastic Right, it's so great. It doesn't necessarily mean that the quality of the product is uh, of a high um, vibration frequency. Basically, that's what I would think about an essential law, if it's living and it has a you know it has all these qualities. What what would you say to that? And how could we, as the public, and also as you know, for some some that may be listening, professionals? how do we discern how do we discern the difference between uh you know the idea of essential oils and really the quality like is it by is it just by price or what what would you would you be able to share something about that
0: yeah it's it's not an easy answer because there are different avenues and different ways of looking at it so if you were using essential oil as a clinical aromatherapist and you're trained to use it as a therapy you would need therapeutic grade which is the highest possible grade of essential oils that you can possibly find it's that high quality that it's used sometimes in some cases internally but you couldn't for example just go and buy a random essential oil and use that internally i mean some essential oils are actually diluted with like chemical nasties in order to make them go further, especially if they're high expensive oils like rose oils and jasmines and they'll, they'll be cut with something and you might actually only have 20% of the essential oil in there and they're an 80% of something awful. So this is the reason you do really need to respect these products. And not, for example, ingest essential oils. You don't do that. There's a lot of information out there where they'll they'll say, you know, you can you can take a few drops in your mouth. You certainly can't. You can't do that um, unless you're a clinical aromatherapist is guiding you to do it. But even in stuff you use in your home, for example, if you want to make a massage oil, you also wouldn't want to be putting um, an essential oil on your body that's been cut with something yucky, a yucky chemical, that's, you know, to, to make it go further. And, and you're likely to find that in a cheaper essential oil. So if you want to get something that you know is not going to hurt you, if you're, for example, going to put it on your skin, you want to make sure you shop with a reputable supplier who buys it ideally from its original habitat or it's, it's the habitat that it grows most, um, most easily in or it's adapted to. For example, if you were to buy eucalyptus oil here, harvested in Australia, in its natural environment where it's grown its defence systems, you're going to get a very powerful, volatile essential oil that is growing under its correct conditions. If you were to grow that oil somewhere else where the environment isn't as harsh, the essential oil produced by the plant wouldn't have the same benefit. So there's, it's quite a complicated answer, but have I answered it in any way for you? Oh,
1: I think it's fantastic. And I think it's opened up a lot for me, like as I'm listening to that, because I know that I wanted to share, um, one of the things that I wanted to share today, Lisa, is that you and I, and uh, including Toby as well, we're looking at um, launching, uh, finishing, creating the online dispensary course that we want to uh, put out into the world. And I think that, you know, that could be for anyone, really. It could be for beauty professionals uh, to use with their clients. Um, It could even be for someone that wants to do it at home. The important thing uh, for me in that is to educate people Um, in a way where they are not, they're using essential oils and other oils in a way that is, um, it's doing what it says it can do and they're safe and they're getting the health benefits because I'm huge about quality. Like I, you know, one of the things that's really for me, I guess, when when I was hearing you speak, it was when we when I had my dispensary in my salon I, I I sourced my oils from the people that were growing them. I never ever used anything that was from some big marketed very well marketed company i just i don 't I prefer not to do that, so I was going into finding suppliers that were just you know they loved it it was their life their whole life was like wrapped up in. What they were doing, you you knew that they cared. You know, it wasn't the bottom line, wasn't the wasn't their sort of highest priority. So they never compromised. And I always knew when I was working with these people and um, sourcing things from these people that. You know, they had oils that they would very honestly say, this is, this is, you know, this is not a therapeutic grade. It's cheaper. You can get that. And I remember I used to get rose oil from them. It was $20,000 a litre. That was how high the quality <laughs> rose oil was. Toby used yeah. to laugh at me saying, how are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with this? And, of course, I knew exactly what to do with it and my clients' results were unbelievable. But if I used a rose oil that I just got from an essential oil supplier, or from some other company that had somehow compromised that, the results just wouldn't be the same. So we want to wake up as consumers and as people that want to work with essential oils and just get real about it, you know, and we want to say, hang on a minute, let me look at the label.
0: Let me ring the Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, let me ring the company and let me ask them some questions. So what kind of questions, if someone was going to pursue this or wanted to even burn essential oils in their home? I mean, when we're burning anything uh, in our homes, um, to me, where, my, where I go in my heart is I just think I am putting something into the, my environment... And for those that have little children or teenagers, whatever, I'm putting something in my environment that is alien to the environment, I'm introducing something basically, do I want to introduce something that could harm those people? So I have a responsibility to look into the quality of what I'm, what I'm introducing. So this is why for me, if I go to, you know, like those fragrance sticks that have got all those fragrances that they put in those, in those glass things and they've just, they smell, you know, the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go walk around, just grab them and I just, if I'm in an Airbnb or whatever, and I just get rid of them and stick them in a cupboard because I just know that they don't come from pure, a pure source of essential oil. They're just like cheap fragrances um, the majority of the time. So I think... I think it would be, like what sort of questions would somebody ask um, a company if they wanted to double check?
0: What would be, am I putting you on the
1: spot or do you have some? No, no, no,
0: no, there are, there are answers for this. Look, you would want to make sure that the company is selling stuff that they have sourced uh, from the best suppliers because you can get intermediary companies which source themselves so they will find a range of supplies across the planet and they will then sort them you'd, you'd want to ask them where they get their oils from and depending on what you're using them for if you're burning them for example you could use um, a combined oil which might be say a lavender where it's it's come from five different sources so it's it's lavender but it's blended if you know what I mean, and that would be a bit cheaper than if you were buying a single source lavender which has just come from one field from one supplier and you know the the botanical name of that particular lavender matches what you're getting in the bottle where does that make sense and and then you would know specifically that you're getting that particular lavender you're not getting a blended lavender um, not that it matters right it's, does yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining to you no, you're doing great, what you're saying, but
1: I just want to ask you, like, if you're burning out oils that are cut with, you know, chemicals, or they're cut with, they're adulterated, basically, they've been compromised. You know, can that have an obviously that's going to have an effect, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, I suppose it depends what they use. I mean, I don't know what they use, but I do know that they labs will test essential oils and find that they've been cut with some pretty yucky things. And, and I wouldn't be wanting to burn those in my house. So yeah, well, you do I mean, want to make sure, yeah, that you're getting stuff that's, that's not cut,
1: yeah. And I think it's a good idea just because it's in a health store that it doesn't mean you don't just email the company and just say, look, you know, have these oils been cut with anything, um, you know, are they pure, um, you know, and if you've got something in an email, if a company sends you back, they can't just email you back nonsense, or well, you'd think they wouldn't anyway. Um, you're allowed to ask. You know, that's one of the things that we don't have to just believe because there's some marketer has got a, gra- and some graphic designer has created a beautiful box and a beautiful label. And you don't have to just believe that because essential oils, as Lisa is saying to us, what I'm hearing, Lisa, that you're saying, is these are very volatile. They have so many amazing qualities And why would you use them at all if you're not going to use them in their purest form?
0: And and you know, you can be fooled. You've got to be careful. You can be fooled if you don't know. For example, I was getting some frankincense from a supplier and I could tell because I know enough about the smell of frankincense, for example, to know that it wasn't quite right. They'd actually combined it with a fragrance. When I spoke to the supplier, they assured me that their supplier assured them that they hadn't cut it, but it was very obvious that, that somewhere along the food chain, the essential oil had been cut with a fragrance to make it go further. So it wasn't hundred percent pure frankincense. So it, it's a tricky business and, and there's nothing, in a way there's no guarantees.
1: Isn't that amazing? I think that, I think that The the only guarantee that you can have is if you're going, if you're getting it from a supplier, and in the online dispensary course, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to go in fairly deep with, you know, really what to look for, um, exactly what we're kind of talking about here, because we're just sort of going over it now, just to get people to start thinking. It's kind of like start thinking what you're using uh, for your, if, if this is a beauty professional that's listening, what you use on your clients, what your... Um, what you're sharing what you're saying is you know make make sure what you're saying is real don't just just don't listen to the marketing side of things like do some research do some investigating of your own Um, and if you're using it on your children or at home uh, if you're burning oil stay away from the two dollar shop fragrances stay away from the sticks that you know people put into those glass things investigate that find out what's in them too like you know there may be some out there that have got beautiful essential oils in them I don't know I mean I I can tell because I'm very sensitive to fragrance and I can tell when something really just smells off and I just think right I don't want that in my, my environment but then I not. not go around spraying Glen 20 everywhere, right? Like, and I don't I don't use... Um, you don't? No. <laughs> and I don't go you know, putting, um, you know, even air fresheners in my home. You know, I open the windows and I don't go using scented uh, rubbish bags. Now you, you go to the supermarket and you can't find a rubbish bag that doesn't have scent in it. You know, it's kind of like, well, just give me the... I don't need a scent for my rubbish bag because all these the sense that we're putting into our environment, we have to have just there's a little question mark for me. Do I do I need to be breathing in all these, you know, the, and, and most of those are also chemicals. Like even when you go to to the Dunning, pardon me, and for our um <laughs> international people, that means the, that means the, the washroom and you're spraying you know, all this freshness It's kind of like you're breathing that in. And let's go one step further with the uh, underarm deodorant that young kids are sitting there with anyone spraying all these chemicals under their their arms, you know, not to smell and breathing in all these chemicals. So for me, I have this big thing about fragrance. Um, And I, yeah, I just, it's huge for me. So this conversation, I, I love it because it's getting our audience and our listeners to think a little bit. And think a little more, think a little deeper, and and know that whenever the Earth, whenever, whenever Mother Earth gives us something so precious, so beautiful, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the corporate world starts to think, oh, why should we can make a lot of money. This is going to be fantastic. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not judging those people because this is the world that we're living in at the moment. But what we need to do is stand tall. And we need to find people like Lisa. We need to have a listen, ask the questions. Um, and we need to say, you know, what, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? Or what, what could I do? Do you think so I could ask what questions? So even though I asked you the question, what questions could we ask? I want another question. What could be an, a question that someone could ask a company or email a company and say, could they literally just say, has this oil been... Um, compromised in any way? You know, is it growing? Are your oils growing in their natural environment? What Are, the, is it, are they the sort of questions that they could ask them?
0: Yeah, they, you could ask them where they source them from. Are they adulterated in any way? Um, and then you could research where they're getting them from. For example, if somebody says, oh, I'm buying my tea tree oil from um, Iceland you would probably think, I don't want to use that. I want to use tea tree oil from Australia in its natural environment. So there's just, the, it depends how deep you want to go as a person in your understanding. Um, you know, it depends how much you explore the information that you are given. Um, is it all right if I just say something else here in terms of educating, especially people that are going to be, um, that are beauty therapists and perhaps, um, you know, using them in their salons, that you want to be very careful in the way you use language with essential oils. You, you can never make claims about it. You can't say offer therapeutic claims because the only people that can do that are clinical aromatherapists. We could say any, any of us that aren't clinical aromatherapists, that there are lots of information out there that you can read great books and texts you can read on what essential oils can do for you but you don't want to make those claims yourself so you just have to be very careful what you do and don't say to people you don't want to lead people up the garden path and if somebody reports you to the therapeutic goods administration you get in a lot of trouble so we're just got to be really careful about things like that.
1: And I think also the other thing is, is even if someone is a clinical uh, aromatherapist, but from a perspective of their character, they, they, they don't research, they don't, they don't really care about the quality. As much as it happens, we're going to be aware of that. We have to be aware that we still need to examine and do some research for ourselves. I mean, really, the world, this world is, is, is moving us in that direction more and more. Have another look look at read the label if you're going to use something do you want to bring and introduce into your family and this could be for anyone could be listening to this Lisa you know women that are buying essential oils for their children going and getting you know they think it smells nice and so they're just going and getting a fragrance and burning it like it, it is for so many people and I think it's really important that we're just clear on just you have every right to ask questions you have every right to research and look a little deeper and consider you know what am i introducing to my clients or what am i introducing to my family where does it come from i've got to tell you you know at one point i was actually um i had someone making skincare for me she was she was quite an amazing girl and i really she was made beautiful things we used to work together to create these formulas or whatever and my clients absolutely loved them and then one day i realized that um a box came and I realised she was getting the base, which I thought she was actually making. See, this is the thing, like I've fallen, you know, sort of kind of prey to this too. And I realised that where she was getting her base from, she wasn't making it. So I kind of, I did some exploration and I really just changed my my supply. I went to someone else and I found someone else to do it because I realised that if she's not researching enough, then it just wasn't good enough. And, and that's the way that I am. Not everyone is like me. I'm, I'm really, um, if I ever recommend something to someone, and I know you're like that too, um, you yeah. know, I have to be 100, I mean, I just take that so seriously. Um, because, you know, people are breathing these things in, they're putting it on their skin. Um, you know, people are burning oils in their salons all day long sometimes, they're breathing it in. Um, So I just think that it's okay. You deserve to ask the questions. You know, you should never be afraid or ashamed to ask the questions and do a little bit of research. Would you agree, Lacey? Yep, we're on the
0: same page with that. Yeah, I I would because it also makes the suppliers accountable if they're getting questions asked, of them, they have to make sure that what they're supplying is high quality. They can't get away with it if people are questioning questioning them genuinely in in order to really understand so i think it's good this accountability is good
1: and i think it also allows um it's what what i i want our audience and listeners to to be sort of kind of realizing is that their their bodies their space is sacred And uh, no one's going to take care of it the way that you're going to take care of it. No one's going to say, you know, no one's going to ask those questions for you. You've got to do that for yourself, for your children. Um, We don't want to just be told, you know, what it is that, um, you know, take the, this is great, it's going to kill all the germs. And you just go, okay, take it and start using it have a look at the ingredients. And And think you know are a few germs going to and, and we're talking about this one we've got a virus over the whole world, so, this be <laughs> <not easy>, but, <laughs> but you know are a few germs you know household germs I'm talking about I'm not talking about any virus or anything like that um, are they going to you know do you know what sort of a kind of world do we want anyway, where it's so sanitized that our immune systems don't even build up some level of you know um, strength so you know i I, I guess this is um this is about learning. This is about asking the right questions. And tell us a little bit more about what you love about blending essential oils. And what do you love about, um, well, yeah, what do you love about blending them? How do you do it intuitively? What's Where do you start? Can you share it with us a little about that?
0: Yeah, I can. Look, I mean, to me, it really is all about the alchemy of it. Um, scent is really powerful. So, fragrance stimulates our imagination and it can help us recall memories. Like, you know, you smell something and then you remember a holiday that, you know, you went and they had that same smell there. Like, it's really amazing. It taps straight into the limbic system of the brain. So uh, to me, there's something magical about scent and really it's something that you can't describe in original language. You know, you can't really describe a smell not not accurately, you know, you might be able to say, oh, it smells a bit like a combination of rose and vanilla, but it's very hard for us to language it because it accesses a different part of our brain than if you were to, you know, than the logical part that would be able to describe it in language. So there's, there's something really magical and different and alchemical just about scent in itself. So when I'm blending, I use, so I scaffold my my intuition with all of the knowledge that I have. And what I try and do is I relax all the rigid thought patterns, the shoulds and the musts, you know, you might have in the back of your head, for example, orange blends really well with cinnamon. Yes, it does. But if you want to create intuitively, you want to try and just let that fall away and feel a little bit more, get more guided by instinct So that's how I do it. When I, when I am feeling a new blend, I will almost, you know, almost feel it completely. And then I'll put it together with all the technical and ethical knowledge, make sure that I've done it correctly. I'll use perfume blending techniques. Um, I'll use, I'll make sure it's got top notes, mid notes, base notes. It's got everything it needs to, to activate properly. And the intuition then becomes one element of the process. But for me, it's the magic of the process. So does that answer what you were saying?
1: I'm just I'm just seeing The Apprentice again and Harry Potter. I just don't know why. I just yeah, I love what you're just <laughs> saying, and I think that this would be very helpful for even um, our true brow um, our true brow students because it's exactly what I talk about when they're creating a brow. You know, it's going into that you know creativity. You called it feeling rather than in their thinking mind. So you have the principles in the background of your are um, you know, as you're, you're moving toward a brow, doing a blend, you know, whatever it is really. Um, and yep. you've got all the principles, like it's even, uh, Lisa, we could even go into the principles of universal codes and things, you know, we know the principles. And that's why in the Power Shift, I put that forward in my book, you know, using principles to guide us, universal principles to guide us in how to live. So we're not having to come from a conceptual mind kind of uh, uh, way of moving in the world, we've got these principles that we know and that we are, you know, like our deeper intelligence is responding to, we know the truth of them. And uh, we, even when we're doing a brow, we're, we're holding those, but we're also moving in with our inner creativity and our inner feeling and allowing the flow, you know, that mystery that moves to move through us and to create, isn't that just amazing? I just love that. It is. And and we kind of call that magic, but you know what? That's our that's our just our true essence creating. That's our, our real deeper part of ourselves coming through us and flowing through. We call it magic because it seems so magical but out of this world. But it really is actually if we the deeper that we go, it starts to become more and more normal,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, look, it does it. I mean what you're saying reminds me of like we've all had you know a relative whether it's a nana or an aunt create just the most amazing batch of biscuits or or the most amazing cake and we just never quite knew why we couldn't replicate it ourselves and it's because there's something else there's a little bit of intuition thrown in there there might be an intuition about how much ingredients what they put what flavoring there's something in there that isn't just all about logic and it isn't just all about measuring there's something more does that make sense
1: oh look my mum did that my mother like she had five daughters my mum me being one of them and and three sons and she used to make these sweets but this particular cake lisa that was just people used to want to pay her um, to make it for them because it was so unbelievable do you think any of her daughters with the recipe could ever, ever replicate this cake. It was not possible. You know, the way she made her yep. Easter Greek Easter cookies, the way she made her little, yep. we used to call kura you know, no way, no one, no one could make them like her. It was, and it wasn't just me saying yeah. that it was my mum, it was people would just come to her house, I think, just to eat her, eat her sweets, you know. Um, but we had a lot of, <laughs> we had a lot of friends. But yeah, you know what I mean? It was just kind of her essence was in it. And, uh, and yes. I think when you have the right ingredients, like with essential oils, if you have the purest ingredients and you do the work, girls, you do the work, you're not going to get a pure ingredient because someone tells you it's pure. You know, you're not. it's not going to be pure just because someone tells you it's organic. You, you do your work. You do your research. You have your pure ingredients and then... Once this online dispensary course comes out, I think, that, which is going to be so exciting, I'm getting more excited about it, it and talking. <laughs> I'm, <just like, laughs> I'm just thinking, oh yeah. gosh, this is so good. But anyway, let's put that aside for now. And even in the meantime, you know, if you have recipes that you've used, and it doesn't mean that you can't, you've been doing the wrong thing and that you should berate yourselves. It just means that, you know, have a look at what the, the oils, the what they say and look them up online google or use another you know another um whatever doesn't to google could be something else yeah it's always like let's use google and i kind of think well there's got to be there's other you know there's other browsers but anyway whatever you don't
0: go that's
1: what i use duck, yeah. duck, go, go. you know yeah, use yeah. That. whatever yeah. you want go online and check out check out the purity of the oils and upgrade you know, like if you feel like you haven't thought of this before, because that's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But just have a look and then ask yourself, do I feel like I really want to upgrade to something more pure? And then you may think, yes, I do. And and then you can up your pricing if you're selling these and if you're using them inside your homes as to burn or whatever upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Purest is the purest would be the best. It'll give you the most benefit. And, uh, and I think that that's really where we're coming from, isn't it, Lisa?
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, and can I also say something else here? That do you, do you realise that using organic essential oils isn't necessarily better? <laughs> that might be a real controversial thing to say. I love that. Go ahead, tell us about that. All right. I'll just I'll go back to an analogy. We I talked earlier about um, if you were to some get a, an essential oil that was say a tea tree from Australia, um, grown in its own environment, but it wasn't, for example, um, an organic one. But then in Iceland, in a whole different environment, they planted tea tree that was organic but the environment was not suited to the essential oil production of the same potency. So which one would you choose to have? Would you choose the organic um, low potency one from Iceland or would you choose the inorganic one grown in Australia in its natural environment where it's potent?
1: Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? I absolutely love that. That is so good. And, And I think earlier when we were talking, I was mentioning something about when I was in the States and um, I was absolutely, there was this organic uh, hair mousse. I got so excited because, you know, back then, this was a long time ago, oh, I, yeah. loved, I was a mad organic person. I mean, I still eat organic food and take care of myself and, and, I, and I prefer it. Um, but then I was just like, you know, absolutely like, you know, whatever, I just was going through my face, Yeah. <laughs> and as we do as humans, and I was so excited. And, and then I, something just sort of, I thought, I'll just have a look at the ingredients. And I was completely shocked. So even when it's got the word organic on it, it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, that, that, you know, you pay to certify things. And, and there are different levels of certification with organic. So it doesn't mean what all the time what we think it means. So this is really beautiful that you're saying that. So what you're saying is that there are many other factors that, uh, which will include in the online dispensary, of course, many other factors that actually
0: matter. Correct? Yeah, yeah. And also are of a high value, basically. Yeah, for I personally would always buy the essential oil that's grown in its optimal conditions mm-hmm. ahead of one that's grown somewhere else and choose it just because it's organic. That's not a choice I would make. So whether that's a controversial, you know, comment or not, Oh, That's the way I always, believe about it. We are always
1: controversial on this on this podcast. We have to be, you know. I think when we say we're controversial, I think what what really matters for me is that we 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 step outside the box. You know, we we don't want to be in the mainstream thinking. We want to think for ourselves. We want our listeners to think for ourselves for themselves. You know, I love the fact that our listeners and our audience love that, and they're prepared to to sort of stretch themselves that a, a little bit more and more and more to, to do what's best for everyone, of course, like the people that come into their homes, if they're burning walls into their salons or wherever it is, that you're doing the very, very best that you can because your eyes are open, your mind and your heart is open and you're not afraid, you don't ever feel threatened to check and to look. You're not using your pride and thinking, oh, I know best. Well, maybe you don't. You know, we can lay our pride down and we can start to really look into things and explore them. So, to me, I think that it's it's wonderful to be, I don't even know if it's being controversial, I think you're just being really honest and, and, and you know, like, honesty rules here, so... Good for you, Lisa, keep it up, keep it up. I also (laughs) wanted to say um, that we will be bringing you back again and again and again because I think people love this topic and I think that we have so much that we can share and uh, explore and we will get onto the online dispensary uh, course because we've been slowed down a little bit with everything that's been going on right now. However, it will be happening and um, that's going to be exciting and I think that 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 will be fabulous for anyone as I said earlier, it'd be fabulous for the mum that wants to use it at home or, you know, the one that someone that's actually selling it online and wants to have an online um, business or whatever it is. Um, It's just going to be absolutely fabulous and uh, top-notch, world-class,
0: as they say. Yep. It's super exciting, Al, and I, I think that people being able to create their own products, with good knowledge backing them is going to be fantastic for people so on. fantastic
1: i think it's wonderful thank you so much lisa for coming and joining me today and we've been speaking for a little while so we're going to end it here and we're going to thank everyone for listening and let them know that we will be back with more in um very 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 soon very soon thank you so much everyone stay well and uh, take care bye now bye lisa
0: bye